Welcome to Drinking with Authors. I am your host, Erica Lance. My fabulous co-host for today is the always terrifying Mark Muncie. Hey, greetings, travelers. Oh, wait, wrong show. Wrong show, Mark. <laughs> get it together. Okay. And our guest today is, and we're we're sort of popping his cherry on a podcast, apparently, is Robert J. Lewis. Woo! Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. Okay. God. I'm Let's so talk scared. about what we're drinking, shall we? I am doing gin and ginger. So it's fever tree ginger beer mixed with a little bit of gin. And it's kind of, it sounds ridiculous, but a friend of mine, Robert, shout out Robert, introduced me to this and um, I, I love it. Mark, uh, what very boring thing are you drinking today? Yeah, my usual boring stuff. I am drinking uh, a hot chocolate, Swiss Miss, if you will. But uh, and I'm drinking it in my Erie Travels mug. So I'm oh, shameless self promotion for other podcasts. It's a chilly morning up here, so I figured, what the heck? Oh, I love that. Okay, Robert, what are you drinking? I'm double dosing. Oh, so I have uh, Licor 43 chocolate in my coffee, and I've got a little bit of Marie Blizzard anise. Wow, so, you, that oh. is. So many fancy things. And um, for those who are listening and not watching, you guys need to watch this YouTube because he is wearing a shirt from that is his book cover that is yeah. kind of amazing. I think I need one of those. You do. <laughs> one of his shirts? Well, his shirts, that's one. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful um cover. Okay, so Robert, for those that may not know you, um, uh, what do you write? Oh God, I write a lot. Uh, I know, but you need to now share with but, the world. But mainly right now, I'm writing spicy, male for male, romance about adult film stars. I'm also writing a hero male for male series with a plethora of Levitical characters in it that will make your head explode. And I'm currently writing some adult film scripts for Lux Studios for some new series that they're going to be coming out. Wow. Very, very cool. I didn't know about that last part. That's kind of awesome. So um, where did all the magic of you deciding to put pen to paper begin? It was in the fourth grade, actually. I like Uh, that. Teacher gave us a creative writing assignment. I apparently created this whole world called Wacky Land with the wacko wacky bird and it she just kept encouraging me encouraging me shout out to miss Schilling because i remember her name too and it just started from there i mean i just kept writing and writing picking up and adapting as i went very cool so um what was the first thing you published Uh, it was forever lame 5613 forever lame I can't remember the numbers right offhand because they actually, the numbers actually spell love. It was a self-published hot mess because I had no (laughs) clue what I was doing. (laughs) I self-edited it. I self, I self everything for it. And wait, wait, I need to clarify by self-edit. Do you mean you thought you were good enough to edit it yourself? So that's what you did. Uh... Yeah. Ooh, authors out there. I don't care if you're even an editor in your normal day job or whatever. You cannot edit your own work. No matter what, you cannot. No. 
We Never. all we all learned that mistake the hard way. So mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, and some of us knew they were terrible enough that needed an editor, i.e. me. Yes, somebody please clean up this crap that I'm putting on a piece of paper. So wow. So when was that? Oh God, that was in 2015, I believe. Oh wow. So then yeah. then when is the sort of evolution of your journey from that point? Then I released Bonita's Boys, which was another hot mess because I did everything myself and had no clue what I was doing. Okay. Uh, that one actually I'm kind of revisiting with a, another series that I'm starting. So yes, there's more coming from that. So and what then, happened in this time period, 2015 or right before, that made you like catalyst to really get into it? Because between the fourth grade and 2015... No offense, some time has passed. So what? Yeah, what? life. Life. Life happened. Uh, evolving, maturing. Uh, I was always writing like little short stories and things like that. And then I started sharing some of my my adult stuff mm -hmm. with some of, some of the little bloggers uh, like Literatica, Nifty, Gay Demon. And I was getting a huge response on it. And then I can't remember what year it was. It was 2018. No, I can't remember what year exactly. I went to Columbia Pride and I happened to be going by a booth and I went, I want, I was like, it's outward bound. I buy all my books from them. So I went over there and my friends started chatting me up, talking about how, the huge following I had on all these different blogs and they encouraged me to write a book and submit it to them, which was the hot first hot mess that came out. Got it. And so now, so you have two series that are haven't. What do you have published out there? What can people find? Now, right now, I have my someone series, someone to love, someone to come home to, someone to kiss, someone to marry, and then I just turned in someone to shadow. And then I have my Shadow Guardian series, Shadow Guardian and the Big Bad Wolf. Uh, that's the second one, Shadow Guardian and the Three Bears. Then you should have Shadow Guardian and the Boys That Went Wolf. I'm working on the next Shadow Guardian series, titled To Be Determined, depending upon how inappropriate it is. <laughs> so, okay, um, you put your first stuff out that was a hot mess, but... Um, what is it like for you as far as um, getting reviews and feedback of your work? What was that like? Uh, I had to learn to put my ego aside. I really did. I would get comments and things and I'd get all huffy and mad. And even when I turned in my first manuscript and I saw all those red marks, I had to take myself back and go, look, their job is to make sure that this is good that this is going to be publishable. This is going to be sellable. And so oh. I took a step back, put my ego aside, and then accepted. Yeah. That, and, that is um, what I would say is one of the uh, more difficult things sometimes for us. And it, it doesn't even just matter with, I, I mean, we can say it's ego, but I think we by nature are defensive. I think school, unfortunately, doesn't train as much curiosity as it does I don't want to look dumb or I don't want to be stupid or you know all the other sort of layers that can um 
happen with that. I mean, one of the worst things is you should have an environment where you can raise your hands, you can make mistakes and not get thwarted for them instead of encouraged and like there's nothing failed. It's just you can do better next time. And I, I feel like school is the start of something where you're like, oh, that, you know, now I'm afraid to communicate. I'm afraid to be wrong. I'm afraid to be bad. And if I have red marks on a paper, that means I'm a, you know, a terrible person or something like that, or I can't write. And I think sometimes authors can get um, thrown out of the craft by not realizing that that's part of the craft is every time you get edited, you will get better. It's a little bit better or a lot better. You will get better, but it doesn't matter who you are. You still have, are going to need these people to make the words you want to say in your story come out better. I mean, I always yeah. use the Stephen King example of the cell where he wasn't edited well. And there was a lot of complaints about that book because he had a new editor who was afraid to edit Stephen King. Yeah. And so, and I see that actually sometimes in bigger name authors, I want to say like, um, I'll read their books. And my first thought is who the crap sticks edited this. This is terrible. Like you can, you know, there, there's one I talk about a lot where the word wound came up 13 times in two paragraphs at the beginning of a chapter. And I'm like, who edited this woman? Like this could not be intentional. If you go, hi, you've said wound 13 times. Maybe you need to change this word. Yeah. You would think that author would go, oh crap, and change it versus probably nobody pointed that out to them, you know? So I can understand that. Um, but that's okay. So let's talk about your journey since you've had beautifully edited and put out work. What has that been like? What has the difference been? So for the first year, I was so imposter syndrome. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was. I was hesitant to tell people I was a writer or an author. I mean, I mean, I put stuff out there. I really, I was even hesitant even to show my face. Oh, wow. And then a couple of people started, you know, I'd mention it someplace. And then all of a sudden I became known as the writer wherever I would go places. And my friends would always be the, my friends were like the biggest cheering section of all That's time awesome yeah like, they would be like oh do you know he writes boats and like oh god <laughs> yeah so what was that it. yeah i was gonna say what was that like the first time you introduced yourself as an author it was amazing yeah. it was simply amazing it was it's when i introduced myself as an author that i really felt it that it was speaking my truth basically i mean it was speaking myself into life. It's kind of like what, well, I did this in my Someone to Come Home To where Jordan and Billy were talking and Jordan was saying he was an aspiring writer. So Jordan sits there or Billy tells him, it's like, what makes you expiring? He goes, because I haven't been published yet. He goes, but you write. He goes, yeah. I'm like, then you're a writer. You're not aspiring. You're a writer. You have to believe it to, to really feel it. And that's when I started feeling it. And it was simply amazing. Well, that I think that is just little tingles. I think that is awesome. What about um, the first time you actually signed one of your books to somebody? Oh, 
So it actually was my friend who freaked out more than anybody else because he had some, some of his friends had bought the books. They wanted me to sign them. And I was at his place and I was signing the books and he, he was like, Robbie, I'm like, what? I'm like, you're an author. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're signing books. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm signing books. We can books. say shit. We can say shit yeah, on our right. podcast. Yeah. We're drinking. We can say I, those words. I know. I know. But I was like, oh, shit. I'm signing books. And we both kind of just stared at each other. And we're like, this amazement it was like over both of our faces because for both for him it was it was reality because he knew I wrote books but it was like but you're signing books for people and I was like people bought my book and want my signature <laughs> yeah no that is it yeah. it is a really warm fun feeling I think when when that happens and especially as it happens the first time because I feel like it's almost like uh, Twilight Zoney, like weird that it's happening, but it's happening, but it's weird that it's happening. And you're like, what? yeah, you know, fight with yourself. And then my, I think one of the cool things is I don't ever think you get used to people wanting your autograph necessarily, but I think when it becomes something that is, that you're doing more frequently, that's a whole different situation too. So um, let's talk a little bit um, deeper about what you write and what made you choose this subject matter. So let's talk about your someone series, for instance. Where All did right. that come from? Oh, oh, there's hands rubbing. Okay. All we're, right. so we're getting into it. Buckle up, so Mark. The, so the first book was never intended to be a book. It was supposed to be a web series. Oh. oh. And... And very popular in the erotica world is incest, but you can't really publish in incest. And I'm not comfortable writing it. So I wanted to figure out a way to write incest without it being incest. So what? So that's where I came up with the idea of porn stars who make incest videos, but they're not brother and sister. And it just took off from there. Very and cool. And actually, what made you just... And I was in the meeting with you when I came up because you had just signed, you were offering me the contract. And that's when I came up with the ideas for someone to come home to and someone to kiss because we were looking for a series. And I was like, do it like Ellie Witt does. She makes a whole series where each character, each story leads into another character. And that's where that came from. And I think those are some of the best sort of romance or romance slash erotica, like those kind, because there's, I feel like there's only so much story with a romance couple before it, it gets a bit too much when it's just focused around that couple's coupling, not that they can't continue on, but, and, you know, you can get a few books out of them, but not a, not a ton. And I think yeah. that, it, it's fun when they're in that world. So, um, but porn stars, what made you go that route? Because that's not something you you hear when we're like, you know, you hear a small town, there's usually a coffee shop, something like, like that. But what made you go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to use porn stars. So, so I was already in the adult film world, writing scripts for Noir Mail. Like, by the time I started this series, I already had, like, 20, 20 movies made by Noir Mail. 
Okay. And they were loving my scripts. And I had never written a script before. Like I literally answered a want ad in on Twitter when it was called Twitter. Oh, yes. Back back in the day, right? And my contact there was like sending me sending me emails saying, Oh my God, the actors are loving your scripts. They're loving how smart it is. And and I was like, so I mean, I knew adult film stars. I also knew that adult film stars were normal people, but they seemed to be stigmatized. And I wanted to destigmatize them. No, it's it's true. It's I mean, that's something that is is talked about, you know, and I think that's true also with people who choose to have, you know, and I'm very sorry, listeners, you can hear my doorbell, which sounds like uh, vampires arrived at my house, which is cool. Um, uh, but I, you know, I think that even people who are on sort of the sex profession have, um, this stigma attached to them when it, you know, we say this, but it, it really is one of the oldest professions in the world, you know? And, um, I think that's fantastic. Uh, I have to ask a little bit before we go to break about writing scripts for the adult film industry, because, Um, those films have a certain amount of content normally to them that involves, I don't know, sex yeah. and sex things. So where did you even start when you answered this ad on the formerly aforenamed Twitter to go, I'm going to write a script. I mean, what does that look like in comparison to a um, general release or something movie script? So an adult film script for just a regular scene is only like at most three pages. Yeah. You've got to tell a whole story in three pages. Wow. So at is that most. for a scene or for the whole? Just a scene. Oh, wow. Now, what I'm writing now is a little bit more complex. So it's me, it can be a little bit, it's, it's got before scenes, after scenes, a little bit of dialogue in between. Because what I'm doing with Lutz is more, do you remember how adult films were in the early 80s where, you know, you had uh, Deep Throat, you had uh, Snake Eyes, where it was an actual story? Yeah. And That's Pirates? What... Do you guys remember Pirates when that yeah. came out? Yes. That Snuck was a very film aboard the HMS Bounty on, in St. Pete. Yeah. yeah. And so this I'm getting a little bit more freedom to write in. Nice. And... I'm actually dabbling in writing a television script and a rom-com just for fun. That's that's awesome. Had you had you ever written a script before though? Never. Wow. Wow. Okay. So did you look up things? What there is no I looked up everywhere to find how to write a script. I ended up having to make my own format. Oh. Because you can go to a hundred billion places and they're all going to tell you a different way to write a script yeah. and none of them are right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, finally, it, it's finally my contact sent me an email. I was like, I need you to format these in a regular script format. It's like, I've been trying, I can't find a way. And he's like, and he sent me a sample script and that's what I've been using since. Oh, nice. wow. That's very cool. Okay, Mark, you get a question before the break, my friend. Since I was, talking. My, my question was going to be, what are your influences as a writer now? Oh, 
Right. Currently, it's going to be TJ Klune, Rice Ford, uh, Charlie Cochet, L.A. Witt. Um, back in the day, it was um, the guy that wrote the Dune series. I can't remember his name right offhand. Frank Herbert. He was a major, yes, he was. he's a major influence. Oddly enough, if you think about it, his series is actually coming true today. You yeah. know, with the yeah. with the AI kept taking over, uh, C.S. Lewis was a major influence. And that's my phone going off. Oh, I love that. Well, with that, we'll do a quick break. We'll be right back. That's funny. Hey, listeners. You know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have. But guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. Now that Siri the AI is not haunting Robert, we're back. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think, you know, we have to be very nice to our AI overlords because oh, we're yeah. doing exactly what has been said in so many movies not to do in books and yet we're still doing it it's like don't make we need to make all new mistakes not the same ones hello jeff goldblum <laughs> every jurassic park movie ever made so um robert let's talk a little bit about the fact that you um and you write male male erotic stories mm-hmm. right and yeah. it's interesting because i feel like for a time and this is a general statement, there weren't a lot of male authors writing male-male erotica. It was female authors writing Mm -hmm. male-male erotica. So what was like that dynamic for you of, you know, deciding to write male-male romance, but male-male erotica stories versus what, did you read a lot of those kind of stories from the female authors that are out there? Yes, uh, I didn't. Well, a lot of the female authors would use gender neutral names. Yeah, if you think about it, like L.A. Witch, I mean, you don't unless you really dive deep into her social, you don't know that she's a female. And same with Rice Ford, uh, Charlie Cochet. I mean, a lot of them, you don't they use those gender neutral names. And then I saw all this hate on all social media about the fact that women were writing male erotic. I'm like, but nobody else is doing it. <laughs> no, and you know, what's interesting is I think that in this kind of similar, like we we both know Nick Savage who writes male, um, male-female romance, but it is a dude writing romance from mm-hmm. a guy's perspective, but it is romance. It is a romance yeah. story. And, but I think it's interesting because the flip side is having a male write a Harlequin romance story. A lot of times in the past, you could tell 
that it was a guy writing it because they missed some of the nuances of a romance story. Because a romance story for most of it is told from a female perspective, like a a male-female one. Mm -hmm. And it's also told um, where the male has a lot more emotions communicated than necessarily is typical in all all novels. Um, So when... (laughs) It came to writing. Did you find that they were that a lot of these writers did write by writing a male male love story or male male erotica? And I, you don't have to call out specific authors, but this well, is something that I think is interesting because I think you know we write ro- females can write romance. I don't write romance stories. I write chiclet erotica, humorous erotica. But in writing stories, you have to. I find writing from experience or writing from the fantasies that you necessarily have is interesting and i go is this female writer having a male male fantasy or what anyway so, what is that like so one of the like major things that i've always found in those eroticas is they're using condoms i'll be honest with you 90 percent of the gay community doesn't use condoms because we're all on prep. We all have, or we go to get de- dioxin and we're all good. And, you know. I, th- You know what I think is interesting about that? But I noticed that and actually had to go back in one of the first erotic novels that I ever put out and add condoms in it, safe sex, because I think there was a consideration at a point in time, and this is true in the adult film industry world too, Mm -hmm. is there was a point in time, nobody did anything protection wise, right? In those places in the, I'm talking seventies, eighties, like Mm -hmm. there, you go back to a Ron Jeremy film from the eighties. I'm calling him out. Even deep throat. Nobody's putting condoms on in deep throat. Like that wasn't a thing. I know there's a lot of oral in deep throat, just in case anybody doesn't get by the title, what the fuck that movie's about. But, (laughs) um, uh, you know, there wasn't. And then all of a sudden you did see this turn where you were seeing people put on condoms in the movie, right? And um, that was done generally by some of the female directors that were starting to show up in that field field at the time. So not yes. that we're getting into a porn history, but that was they were the first to do that was when the some of the starlets were becoming directors as they were aging out of the industry at the time. That was before we learned MILF and Guilford things. And then, yeah, and then suddenly that's when condoms started showing up. Yeah. Plus a lot of the gay gay adult film stars were exactly. also doing yeah. heteros, hetero movies. And then you had the whole AIDS crisis coming The AIDS out. crisis, yeah, that went through like a wildfire there. So, Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's a whole topic that we could get. We're not going down that route. But, <laughs> Sorry. So like, uh, we're on the history of adult film here. Uh, the history of adult film by Robert J. Lewis and Mark Muncy. <laughs> no, I'm, we're use, not I'm using my NPR voice for doing yeah, that. The um, Ken documentary. <laughs> we'll put it on the list of things that we're going to do in the future. Uh, but so now what? what is it like to find more males writing male male erotica? Oh, it's it's wonderful, but it's not. Oh, now I'd love to hear what that yeah. means. Taking so another swig of my gin. Well, take a swig. So there, when you're reading some of this stuff, that you're 
there's stuff that shouldn't that you're reading and you're like this is disturbing like you're taking this to an extreme you're leaving out consent you're like this is going a little bit too extreme and then you have these other people that are writing this great stuff that you know you're actually you know they're talking about things like i don't you know positions and uh, and the dynamics in the bed which really is so much different than when the females write it because there's not everybody's versatile not everybody's a bottom and not everybody's a top that's a discussion that you do actually do have prior to hopping in the sack and these well, yeah. they're showing these discussions and or they're actually known prior to, prior to having them you know that's interesting because it's the little pieces of it but i i you know i agree with you because i find that a lot of times also in um just heterosexual erotica especially and sometimes heterosexual romance right where consent is not taken into consideration you know like but at the same time there are people that want to read that i'm just wondering if like the um genres are going to continue to expand I, I have no doubt they are for the lgbt community where when you're talking about it's this kind of male male romance or this kind of whatever so that you're when you're having it you can go it's the kind without this or it's the kind with this that sort of dynamic which i think you know the bisect codes and stuff they're always expanding to allow that sort of thing to be the case but um it's becoming a very uh popular genre yes well, and it's a popular genre. It doesn't matter what your sexuality is, which I love because I find as a bookseller, we know um, that it's you, it's not um, it's not only gay guys buy gay romance, you know, like that's not the way that works, which is awesome because I think it raises everybody's knowledge, too. And sometimes, depending on what they're picking up, maybe not the greatest knowledge raising situation, but um so you're doing all this, you're doing events. Let's talk about some of the feedback you've gotten from people who have read your books. So do you read your reviews? Yes, I do read my reviews periodically and I take them to heart. Oh, mm. wow. That's, I, I I don't normally advise doing that. Why do you, do you decide to take them to heart? Well, when you read a review and they're and they're leaving a bad review and you're like, most of my reviews actually tell have actually said why they they're leaving a bad review which is if you're going to leave a bad review on anything be very specific about why you are leaving and them i'll just review. leave the one star and run yeah. yeah and yeah and so i read the review and i was and i looked back at the story and i was like they're right oh okay so i changed my format because okay. if people are, aren't going to read, if people are going to see this and like it's like the story was confusing or there was too much going on, it's like okay, let's bring this this bring the story back in a little bit. Let's reduce let's reduce the point of views, things like that. No, I don't think that's. I mean, I think that's constructive. I think you have to be careful, though. Is there a pattern to it, or is it just one person's opinion? Right? 
because yeah. if you can go back and look and see it and go, yeah, they're right. I, you know, this is something I need to modify. But um, what about people reaching and talking to you? Do you get emails from people or, you know, direct messages and stuff on social about your books? We're not going to talk about the direct messages I've been getting because those have been highly inappropriate. <laughs> oh, yes. I was about to ask. That was my question was how, yeah. how inappropriate are some of the fan emails? So uh, let's say I don't answer a lot of direct messages. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. But just people that I've talked to, like I've encountered there, like I've gone to places and people have said, oh, I've read your book and I, and th this, that, and the other thing. And, or like, why did you make your audio narr your narrator meow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's still my favorite part is, that is, is Chase Johnson meowing. And he's, he does it with such feeling. Oh my gosh. Chase has been on, on our, our podcast here before. Cause one of one of the other authors we had on, he was his narrator. Chase's voice is just thoroughly amazing, and he has yeah. so much fun with those manuscripts. But he meows for you in it. <laughs> wait, till oh he has to, wait till he has the wolf. Oh, oh, well, go. that'll be fun. That'll be tons yeah. of fun. I think. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, what about it in person? What have you had people come up and say? Oh. This is this is a question I want to ask before we get into literary briefs. Have you had author, uh, readers come up and talk about some part of your book that you were like, what are they talking about? Like some little nugget that they are so attached to that you are like, I don't remember that. So I haven't had readers actually do that because I haven't really done any events yet. Because until recently, I was employed full time. Oh, and yeah, that is, oh, that that is that was the best in my life to leave that job. <laughs> and so now I'm going to be going out and doing some some events, checking. There's a local event here that I'm going to be checking out and seeing how things go. And of course, um, I really can't talk about what I'm doing in May yet, but be on the lookout for that. <laughs> really cool. Really cool. Wow. And, you know, we're going to shameless self-promotion so people are going to be able to follow you and everything to find out what you're oh, doing yes. See, i told you having a piece of paper with the answers would help oh i like <laughs> that i like that okay well because you said that we're gonna um, go into our literary briefs portion oh my goodness <laughs> my favorite part All right. yes so you already know what some of these because i know you did them on this show which i always think is funny what is your uh, favorite book of all time latter days okay I, I, why? Can, I, can, I can read that over and over again it's it was such a great read i mean i we were actually on my way to my sister's wedding i started the book in charleston i finished it before we even got to virginia i never stopped reading like i had a crook in my neck oh wow yeah, and then I read it again and again the, over the, the entire weekend. There, were, there was it was so different from any other book that I've read, and it was turned into a movie. And the movie's fantastic too. Very cool. Very cool. What about least favorite? I, nope. I won't name the name of the book, 
because you can't friend... because this is just something you don't like. It's okay. It's we're okay. all allowed to not like things. If you've listened to this podcast, you know there's a lot of things I don't like. There are authors friend... that'll never be on my show because of things I've said. My friend is actually the audio narrator for the book, so I don't want to. That's tough. Yeah, but the book started off with sex trafficking then went into accidental consensual rape and it just it's it didn't go uphill from there oh wow it, yeah that it was i actually had to message him like i can't read this i can't do this it's not I a was like three chapters in i was like no wow that's and i and i do not dnf any books yeah, no, I, man, yeah, there are some, it's, you know, it's interesting when it comes to some of that stuff, because there are books that I've read that have certain aspects in it, right, including, um, you know, and there's stuff that I've even written, like right now I'm working on a book, um, there's a suicide in the beginning of the book, but without going down the rabbit hole too much, the book's going to be called Jump the that whole thing has nothing to do with the main character of the book that now has that person's body for lack of a better way of explaining it right now and i'm writing it and i realized at first i was being very kind of trying to be nice around this this choice this person had made but it had no relevance to what the story was and everything like that and what the lead character actually is dealing with right and I realized I went back and I wrote, and I was like, I want to get some freaking hate mail. <laughs> what I've written it. And, but I think there are sometimes parts of the story that can be hard for us to take. But then there are parts where you just go, I don't even want to read this. Like, what is the point of this? Right. What yep. it doesn't make, and that's interesting. Okay. So, favorite book to movie where you think they oh, did it was definitely really good latter days. Oh, okay. And Dune, but the sci-fi version, sci-fi oh. channel version of the series. Wow. What about that in was... relation to the new one? Because I haven't watched the new one because my other half told me, he, he was like, you're just going to be pissed off because of where you're it ends. You need off. to wait for the second one. So yeah. I'm I'm waiting no, for the I second one. I wouldn't even one. watch the second one. I, I, no, the sci-fi channel one was amazing. And it's, it's one yeah. of those, I, I'm glad to hear that. Not the yeah. only person that thinks that way. So I, I think that it was great. I haven't seen them this one, so I can't be in relation to it, but eventually yeah. I'll watch it. They I rewrote the story. Yeah, yeah. They, they changed it up. All right, so my question is, you've got your Shadow Guardian series is based on superheroes. Uh, mm -hmm. no, no, no spoilers, but uh, so who wins in a fight, Batman or Captain America? Hmm. Oh, it's gonna be Batman. All right, all right. He's got all the gadgets. He does. He does. But a straight up fight. That's all I'm saying. So. Well, here's the thing. We've had this conversation. <laughs> all of it is based on how much time people had to prepare and the location. Because if Batman is just thrown into it with Captain America, gadgets or not, he's screwed. Because it's gonna take one hit from that man, and Batman could go down. He's just a dude. But Captain America has a conscience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, it depends on which Batman you get, whether they have a conscience. Yeah, or not. Remember, Batman always carried around kryptonite for Superman. 
Okay, so, so the next question is, so who is your favorite superhero? Oh. Actually, it's Green Lantern. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Said but the Hal Jordan ever. Green Lantern. No, just kidding. Hal jo- I was supposed to say, which one? And Hal Jordan. The Hal Jordan Green Lantern. That works. Yeah. Not I'm the movie, guy, folks. I'm a Guy Gardner fan myself. I like I like assholes. So. <laughs> well, I do like the Blue Beetle. Um, I'm not yeah. too big of a fan of the movie, but no. I did like the movie. I like the original comic book Blue Beetle. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like I like him and Guy Gardner and Ambush Bug hanging out. So, yeah, I, Brad McDuffie, I, we miss you. So, I honestly think some of these superheroes that they're making into movies are not they're not movie worthy um, uh, storylines in that way. Like they need to be told in a comic book kind of thing or in a show series kind of thing, not in a movie. Because well, some, some of them, like, no no offense, I, I like The Rock, but Black Adam, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, that was my whole view of that. that bad writing. He had them rewrite the movie. Yeah, that was just bad writing. That was, he had them rewrite the movie. That was the problem with the Black Adam. Yeah, yeah I was, I was not a, not a fan of that at all. And, but also to the Zack Snyder thing, and then we're going to go to another question. So the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, right? I actually think is way better than the original cut, but the bad guy they got in that particular thing, I'm saying it was better than the original. That's all I'm saying. It was. Okay. Um, I wasn't saying it was great. I was saying it was no, better it than me the a, original. It took but me this, a month to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I say I had, to, I had to struggle through both of them and it was, yeah. I can grab a some ice cream and some white cheddar popcorn. I can watch anything for a time. I might nap through it, but I can watch it. Um, the But this is also true for me with what they did with Wonder Woman 1984 is the bad guys. So in Zack Snyder, the bad guy they chose was terrible to me because nobody knew, there was like no even fringe understanding of this bad guy, right? And there was no, they didn't do enough backstory to this bad guy to make it make sense. And then in 1984, when they did the Wonder Woman, the cheetah, I thought they did such a terrible job with yeah. that character that is such an amazing character in the comics. And then they, you know, and Kristen Wiig is just, I love her to death. And I was like, really, this is what we're doing with this character? You really Where's- want me to blow your mind on something? Oh, blow my mind. I like my Remember mind. Remember in the original Justice League movie, Superman died. Yeah. And the very end, you see Superman's grave, but you see all the pebbles coming up. They never address that. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think people forget who the um, Justice League, like what characters made up the Justice League. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> changed so were, much in the comics anyway. Yeah, so, which were yeah. not the ones that they put in the movie. I just, let's just let's put the guys who make Batman the Animated Series, Justice League Unlimited. Let's put Bruce Tim in charge of the DC yeah. Universe because he got it right. Let's just he did it before. Let's do it again. So that's that's all I'm saying. But anyway, yeah. all right. So next question. Yeah. You ready? All right. So yeah. what is your favorite when you need a uh, quick pick me up? What is your quick pickup read? Oh, God. Now you're going to make me think. Oh. Told you you weren't going to win with all these written down <laughs> questions. I know. It's just that. See, I can only. It's very hard for me to read a book twice. 
because like I remember everything. Okay. Like that's why me self editing was horrible. <laughs> uh, but I'm All right, well then you know well, what let's like a, a quick maybe series or you know genre. Oh, definitely Charlie Cochet the thirds. Because okay. I love the comedy she put in there and the seriousness. That's really where a lot of this my influence in putting the comedy in Shadow Guardian is coming from is making these heroes not so serious. Like I can just laugh at the fact that Daly is running from this bare thirds because he's got the last cheese doodles. <laughs> that works. Wow. Okay. So an another question, what do you think is your writing Achilles heel? What is something that your editors are like, stop doing this? Punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all of our Achilles. Oh, like, I have oh. not mastered the comma. I put more commas than are needed in the damn thing because I'm like, I give up. I don't, you know, I will comma the hell out of anything. I forget the commas. I just keep putting and and but and and like, but I'll look at a sentence, there'll be five ands in it. I'm like, how many ands can I put in a sentence? Like, I won't want to end a sentence. Ooh, run on sentences. Run on sentences are evil. Evil. But it's not a run on. So it actually makes totally coherent sense when you read it out loud. But you just realize, okay, we need to break this up. <laughs> yeah, the, the the narrator needs a breath. So. Yes. <laughs> that is my brain that, needs a breath. That is hysterical. Okay, so let's let's talk about um the someone series in the first mm -hmm. book. Who's playing the lead characters? Oh. So, ooh, well, well, we'll go with Hunter. I want him to be LeGrand Wolf okay. um, because that's actually who he's based off of. And Dennis. Troy Savon. Hmm. Take him out of his wheelhouse. Okay. What about the, the Guardian series, the Shadow Guardians? Okay. So. So I'm really outside. So we'll go with Diego, Alex, and Juan Carlos. So okay. and I have a funny story about that one. Um, Ooh, Alex, Alex is definitely going to be... You're going to laugh when I say this name because I know he's a great actor. Um, this is just his stage name. Uh, just in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love the name. Juan wow. Carlos is... I had the name. I've thought about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Hold on. And I can't Google because my phone's in the other room. Oh. And we're not going to have Siri go off again. Oh, um, no, no. We don't need that. So. Wow. All right. All right. Let's come back to that one. Okay. But here's a funny story about the Shadow Guardian series. Hmm. When I created the lead two characters, Juan Carlos and Diego, I didn't know my cousin JC's name was actually Juan Carlos. We just kept on calling him JC. And he actually married somebody named Diego. Oh, wow. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So because we're going to run out of time here, what's coming up next for you? What, what, what can we see in the next few months? 
oh, we're going to see the end of my someone series. That's going to be someone to come home to, someone to see that I see that I love them. Um, okay. And we're going to see a new series come out. I haven't titled it yet. It's it's actually really interesting. And we're going to see the next couple Shadow Guardian books. And you might see a standalone novel along with what I'm doing with Lux. And um, pay attention to me in May because I'm going to be someplace very... Um, I'll be in Chicago for something very important. Oh, there we go. Okay. okay, cool. Yay. That's super exciting. So, Robert, shameless self-promotion time. Where can people find you in your books? All right. So you can always find me at my website, robert-j-lewis.com. And because my Twitter is confusing, it's actually Robbie with a Y, Lewis77. Then you can also find me on, on Instagram and TikTok. And yes, I am funny on TikTok at Arthur Robert J. Lewis. And I have a bunch of other social medias, but those are the three main important ones. And we're, on your website, people can sign up for your newsletter to keep track of everything you're doing, right? Yes, I can do the. So I'm doing a newsletter, which I also do a video newsletter of as well for those who don't want to read. Why you don't want to read, I don't know. That I also put on YouTube. X, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, so that you can everybody can get a little piece of my newsletter. Okay, that was about to get inappropriate for a second there, and I appreciate <laughs> that you added my newsletter. Yes. So it has been fantastic having you on Drinking with Authors. I hope you've had a fun time for your first podcastiness. I no longer feel like a virgin podcaster. There you oh. go. As you shouldn't ever off of this podcast. Erica's but... in charge of aftercare, not me, though. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It has been so much fun. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes. And Mark, thank you for co-hosting with me. I really appreciate it. Always, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll stay eerie on Eerie Travels. Oh my gosh. Of course you were going to plug that. I appreciate it. We're on Eerie Travels. Plug that. But don't forget listeners to like, subscribe, tell your friends about this podcast because how the AI universe knows how great we are is by liking, subscribing, and sharing our podcast with people. So please don't forget to do that and we will see you next time.